Welcome to You Are Loved, a podcast with open conversations about healing after suicide and suicide prevention. Join me as we discuss how you can heal after losing a loved one to suicide. Discover how others found hope again in their moments of darkness and how you can truly scatter hope to those who need it most of all. When you do, you can save their life. I'm your host, Crystal Partney. I am a best-selling author, speaker, and suicide grief coach. Together, we can heal. Remember, you are loved. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the You Are Loved podcast. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about, I'm going to be sharing my personal experience between the difference of talk therapy and coaching. I am going to explain how that is different and why I also strongly believe that there is a clear distinction between the two, because that's just been my personal experience. And I know that it's going to help you. So let's sort of dive in. What do you think of when you hear the word therapy or talk therapy? Most people, when they hear that word therapy, they think of counseling, they may think of psychology, maybe you even think to yourself, you know, I'm seeing a therapist, or the old-fashioned term that was once used, but I haven't heard it as often as I used to, to be honest, is the term shrink, which the word alone shrink holds a certain stigma anyways. So that's also why I don't like using that word. And I'm sure if I talk to the other friends that have that are therapists, I'm sure they would agree with me that they're like, yes, Crystal, please don't use that term. <laughs> so I won't use it from here on out, but you get the idea of when I say talk therapy. When my sister passed away, one of the requests that was from my mother was that she and I go to counseling together. I have to be completely transparent. I was very reluctant to go. I thought, well, usually in the past, I would go if I had problems or if I was struggling in some way. But to go sort of this after the fact, my sister was gone. And so to me, it felt very strange because my sister was no longer here. So in my mind, I kind of thought to myself, what's the point? Why even go? And maybe you've thought that same thing too. Maybe you've even asked yourself the question, what's the point? my loved one is no longer here. So why bother? And if this is you, I just want to, I, I strongly believe that everyone needs to find what works for them. And the same goes for seeing a counselor. So if you find yourself in that, that headspace of thinking, well, Crystal, what's the point? Why bother? I just want you to sort of hear me out. As I mentioned just a second ago, my mother was the one that asked me to go and she requested that I go with her. 
So despite any objections or hesitations that I had around going to see a counselor, all of those in my mind really became irrelevant because my mom was the one that was asking. It was kind of like, for me, this no brainer, right? It's like, okay, mom is asking me to go. She's requesting that I go with her to alleviate some of the the burden and being able to support her in that way was really special and meaningful to me because it allowed me to process my grief right alongside my mom and being able to do that as a mother and sister or mother and daughter and being able to process that. To be quite honest, my sister and I wanted my mother to go see a counselor after our dad passed away in 2013. So for us, this isn't the first time that we suggested going to see a therapist, going to see a counselor was because we knew that it would bring a lot of healing into our family, especially after our dad passed away. He passed away from health complications. So naturally, we thought it would be the best time for our mom to to simply go and be able to talk through all that she was experiencing and feeling at that moment. However, I will be transparent in saying that she never went. I don't really know the reason why she didn't go at that time, but we also didn't have any support from our other siblings either. So for instance, I'm the the youngest of eight. So having my other siblings be in favor of my mom going to see a counselor at that time, it just wasn't in the cards. So they say, I knew that the need was great, which was going to go see a counselor, but the desire simply wasn't there for her. That's okay. If you are finding that you can't go, or you don't want to go, you don't feel like you're ready. The best thing that I would say to you is just give it a try. You may be surprised about how it impacts your life for the better. And so many therapists out there will give you that first session for free. They'll do sort of like this introductory session where they get to know you, you get to know them, and you get to see if they're a good fit. So before you completely dismiss it off the table, I just want to encourage you to Give it a try and see how it works for you. And most importantly, find that person that you seem to have a good fit with, because that will make all the difference when it comes time to your healing. So going back to that need to go see a counselor, to talk through all the things that we had been experiencing, this, of course, but the desire wasn't there for my mom. This, of course, all changed after my sister took her life. When I approached my other sister and told her that I think our mom should go see a counselor, that this is the time, 
we would go that she insists that she goes that we either go with her or that she needs to go by herself regardless it needed to happen this time we couldn't let this one slide so when i i said okay now's the time mom I've been talking with my other sibling, my other sister and saying like, we think it's best that you start to go see a therapist and really work through some of these problems, some of these underlining these, not just emotionally, but mentally and physical problems that we've been having and experiencing even before my sister's tragic death. One of the requests, like I said earlier, was that she wanted her and I to go together. So we were going together. We still do. I will be transparent in saying that I've had to taper off significantly because I have, I'm just in this new season. I have two small children. It's really hard for me to juggle school schedules with my daughter and being able to fit in a counseling session every once in a while. And I still do. I do the very best I can. And that to me is, is enough. It, to me, it allows me to be able to process what I'm going through. I will never forget the first time I called the counselor that was recommended to us by another family member that my sister had already taken her life. I said to this counselor, I said, it was too late. She's gone. And I just don't see the point. And I remember feeling this sense of peace come over to me and feel that I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to help us be able to help process our emotions surrounding her death or the idea that it was too late and that all was lost. If this is you right now, I just want you to know that it is never too late. I want you to, I'm going to repeat that because it's so important. It is never too late, nor is it ever a reason to believe that all is lost. It is never a bad idea to seek out help or support when you need it ever. There is no shame in it. Yes, there is a stigma around going to see a therapist. Why? Why is that though? There absolutely shouldn't be. You are asking for help. It is no different than I'm going to compare this to going to the doctor and asking the doctor for help and saying, hey, I don't feel well. How can you help me? And yet when we're going to see a therapist, it's all of a sudden like I liken it to going to see the doctor. If you have a broken arm or you just don't feel well. When you go to the doctor, you're explaining all of your symptoms and he's then giving you a diagnosis. There is something to be said though, when we go to see a therapist or a counselor, 
again, you can switch out whatever word feels most comfortable to you. We are just simply asking for help. So why we can feel pressured or guilty or embarrassed, all these things, when we open up and share that you are going to see a counselor that come up in conversations that is not necessary, that we shouldn't feel that this is a bad thing. This should be a good thing. I remember going and just feeling this sense of relief and having been able to talk about what I've been going through. One more thing to note on this subject is if you don't feel comfortable sharing that you are seeing a counselor, guess what? You don't have to. You might be saying to yourself, what? Yes, I have to. Shocker, I know. But it's the truth. It's like, look, you don't have to share that. If someone asks like, hey, are you seeing a counselor? You don't have to disclose that. You can just say that's personal and I don't feel like sharing that. Or you can just be honest with them and say, yes, I am. And if they have an opinion, it is completely fine for them to have an opinion. And if they share it with you about you going to see a therapist, and especially if it's negative, I just want to make note that especially if their response is negative to not let their response or their opinion be the reason for you to not seek help and to not seek support. Okay. I'm just going to repeat that because it's so important to not let someone else's reasons or opinions of you and whether or not you are going to see a counselor it's none of their business. It's not. And being able to take a stand for you and what you need and what you desire, that's completely up to you. That has nothing to do with another person. Even if it's your spouse, even if it's another family member or a friend or a person at church, it doesn't matter. It's up to you. It's up to you to take your own mental well-being into your own hands and take a stand and saying, you know what? I am worth being well. I am worth feeling better than what I feel like right now. My good friend, Steve Bison, is the host of the Finding Your Way Through Therapy podcast and is an excellent resource for you to turn to tune into and listen as he discusses all things mental health and therapy. Another good friend is Dr. Lorenda Jones. She is the host of the Beneath the Grief Ministries, who is also a guest speaker on the previous summit that I just hosted last year. She came on. She is the Healing After Suicide Summit. She was a guest speaker, and I'm so glad that I got the opportunity to get to know Lorenda and being able to have her open up about Beneath the Grief Ministries. Her episode on the podcast is coming up soon, and actually her episode comes out next week. So I'm so excited for you to tune in and to get a chance to 
get to know Lorenda. She is absolutely fabulous. I know that you are going to love her and you're going to be in for a real treat. You will love Steve as much as I do. Lorenda is a gentle soul, and I know that you will feel her love the moment you tune into her podcast and her episode. Like I said, it comes out next week, and I can't wait for you to listen or watch, depending on how you like to listen to podcasts. Going back to the theme of talk therapy and how things might be a little bit different between coaching. So I just want to give you an example. Me and my husband, I'll share, decided that we needed to go see a marriage counselor, not because things were wrong or bad, but I was the one that insisted we at least go and give it a try because we kept running into the same problems or arguments and it was driving me bananas. (laughs) So I told my husband, okay, this is silly. We keep having the same conversations that seem to get us nowhere. Let's try something else. Let's try something new. And I just wanted something different. I wanted something to change, although I just didn't know what that was. I remember when I told my mom that we were seeing a marriage counselor, you would have thought that we were already like on the fence and we were already going down, things were already going downhill in our marriage just based on her reaction. So again, there's no shame in this, but I just wanted to share this because she immediately said, oh my gosh, are you guys okay? What's wrong? I was the one that had to remain calm and I explained nothing is wrong. We were fine that I just simply wanted what I would call a tune-up, that we were okay She, of course, managed to settle down and calm her nerves on the subject, but this is exactly what I'm talking about, that whenever you say any sort of therapy, whether it's marriage counselor or a, just a general practitioner, all of these people that just the word therapy has that sort of stigma around it. And depending on who you're talking to, depending on which generation you're talking to, it really does hold a a more higher stigma, if you will, than perhaps a younger generation like myself is more open and more likely to go see a therapist. And I don't know why that is. I'm hoping that it is getting better in terms of the the stigma associated with going to see a therapist. I just want to share my personal experience with what I would call traditional talk therapy. As you can probably already imagine, everyone's experience with what I would consider traditional talk therapy is very unique. Some people find it helpful while others might not, and it it totally depends upon you, but my experience was positive right from the start. I enjoyed going. 
remember what I said that I went with my mom. She asked me to go and my mom actually enjoyed going as well. Some of the tips that I have for you that I think you'll really enjoy are this. I want you to think of a timeline. So for instance, I want you to say to yourself, I will do this. I will go to therapy for six months and then reevaluate or whatever the case may be. Maybe it's a year. Maybe there may come a time when, you know, talk therapy might not be as effective or it may seem like it's no longer effective. So are you finding yourself still going for the sake of simply going? That's just a question that I want you to ask yourself as you continue forward, giving yourself that timeline and saying, okay, this is what I'm, this is how long I'm going to go for. And then I will reevaluate. I'll reassess and, and see how I'm doing, see how I'm feeling. Are there tools, different techniques that can support you and help you when you are not there physically to talk to the therapist and being able to talk to the professional? Are there different techniques or tools that you can use outside of the therapist's office? For example, something that has been extremely helpful for me has been, and this was something new, was the essential emotions. So for me, I was able to acquire a new certification and it's called essential emotions that allows me to be able to use the power of essential oils and in combination of being able to process some of the emotions that I'm going through on a daily basis and really marry the two of working through my emotions, releasing those emotions, making sure that they're not stuck inside me. I'm able to release them in a very healthy, very natural way. And I'm also able to combine that with essential oils. So if you are interested, please be sure to check out the show notes because I'd love to tell you a little bit more about them and hop on a call to see if that was something that you might be interested in. And that could really support you where you're at. So different tools like that, different techniques that can help you when you're not able to talk with a therapist and be there, because let's be honest, you can't sit in a therapist's office all day, every day. You need to be able to process these things on your own. And a good therapist, in my opinion, is going to give you the tools and the resources to use outside of their office, because that's their goal for you as well, is that they want you to get better and they want you to feel well, and they want you to be able to have those, those same resources outside of their office because the same, you can't live in their office all day long. Although that might be nice, but even you would find that taxing. Talking is great, but how do you feel afterwards? Do you feel exhausted? Are you physically drained? Do you find that you're having an emotional toll is the major factor when you come back from these sessions 
because for me, it honestly felt like I had been hit by a freight truck after each session because of the heaviness that that occurred. And it wasn't intentional. It was just you were doing the hard work and you're doing the heavy lifting. So being able to be aware and say, okay, and be open with your therapist saying, hey, look, I keep feeling like I've been hit by a freight truck every single time I get done. Do you have any suggestions for me? Can I work through this in a positive way, in a healthy way that allows me to not feel like I've been, I don't want to say bulldozed because that's not the right term that I'm searching for, but you get the idea that it just feels so heavy. How can I begin to relieve some of this heaviness that I've been experiencing? Was I getting, this is an important question for you guys, but was I getting the life skills that I needed to function on a daily basis? So for me, being able to, just like I said earlier, being able to leave and say, okay, these are my next steps. This is what I'm going to do next. And being able to really sit those emotions that are coming up for me outside of the therapist's office, because I can't stay there 24 seven and being able to have those tools that I can then use outside of the office. I want to touch base on my experience with having a coach. So like I said, in the very beginning, the difference between talk therapy and coaching and my personal experience around it. So coaching allows you to build the relationship over time with your client. So that's either in a group setting or a one-on-one. This really made me feel special because I personally needed someone who could walk with me on a regular basis. This is what a, a coach can do for you. And also for me, what I found really important was having that real-time feedback and suggestions. So no matter if it was monthly, weekly, or even daily reminders, it was all incredibly beneficial because you're able to really bounce ideas and allow yourself to say, hey, I'm feeling X, Y, Z, and the chances are the person that you're working with has felt, if not feels the same way that you do. Being able to really have that sounding board and say, hey, you know, I'm feeling this way. And did you ever feel that way? And chances are they absolutely have. Again, I just want to emphasize, and I cannot stress this enough, But finding what works for you is absolutely key. If something stops working, it is okay to say, this isn't working. I need to find something else. But please hear me when I say, never give up. I really hope that you have found this episode helpful, that if something is working for you, I would love to know. Because 
here's the truth. You never know what is working for me and what's working for you could also benefit and work for someone else. This episode's love notes are this. Going back to remembering that it's up to you. You can decide if you want to seek out a therapist or if you want to seek out a coach. And on that note of coach, if you are interested and you're really thinking, okay, I want to be able to sit down and talk with a coach, I would love to offer you um, a hope and healing plan. And that is where we sit down together and we really create what you would like to see going forward, the next steps for you and how you would like to begin processing this tragedy in your own life being able to get next steps. And you can find more information about that in the show notes as well. Remembering that you at any time, if you are seeking a therapist and you are seeing a therapist to remember that you are still in in the driver's seat, that you can speak up and say, hey, this isn't working or Do we have a timeline in mind for me and my situation or the circumstance? Do you have a typical timeline of what next steps are for me and how that person can help you and support you? Because you are absolutely worth being supported. You are absolutely worth getting well and seeking help. I want you to... Also consider other tools and techniques that can be used outside of the therapist's office. Or if you are seeing a coach like myself, being able to have those techniques and those tools that can be used outside of our coaching sessions together, where we're not in proximity to each other, but we're able to still support one another, you're able to get the support and the help that you need. But very similar to a therapist, I wouldn't be able to give you that 24-7 support that I'm sure all of us could use at one point or another. So being able to find those different tools and techniques for yourself that you can then use when we're not together, of course, is very, very crucial. And as we wrap up, I just want to, again, emphasize to never give up, to know that you are worth being well, and that if something isn't working, to find what is, to keep trying new things and find out what works for you. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode of the You Are Loved podcast. For more information about suicide prevention, be sure to check out owlandthesoul.com. That's owl as in the bird. Woo-hoo! And if you're coping with the loss of a loved one due to suicide, we've been there too. And for more information, check out our sister company found at scatteringhope.com. Please like and subscribe to this program to stay current with all of our episodes and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Owl and Thistle for Scattering Hope. As always, remember, 
you are loved.